Thursday evening. It must mean one thing. It's time to play D and fucking D. Right, hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurous Anonymous Podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Don't forget to check out our Patreon feed, listeners, where you can get all sorts of exclusive content. By the time you listen to this, there will be another episode of the Young Hanash series on there, as Hanash and Stitch Willowteep do their very best to prevent Christmas getting cancelled. So if you're not a patron member, you're missing out. Also, another thing to note, our patrons also get exclusive access to all the maps and artwork from these episodes. So if you're not on there, why not? Get your ass on there. As ever, I'm duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. Speaking of listener discretion, what are you eating there, Matt? Salmon and beans. Salmon. It's very good. Salmon and baked beans? (laughs) No, green beans. Green beans. The classy man's baked beans, yeah. I think baked beans and salmon just sounds wrong. Jesus Christ. Are they welfare beans? Are they line court beans? Uh, yeah, I believe, they, I believe they are fished from the uh, fields of Somerset. Wherever, wherever good beans are grown. from the fields of Somerset. There you go. That's the kind of content we've all been waiting for. That's why we've waited all the way to 2023 for that level of content. Fuck me. Now, now it's here. We've got to wish our listeners a happy 2023. It's a new year, a new start, and this is when we're going to start being professional. So there you go. You've heard him already. That's Matt, the voice of Belsia. What about you, Raggy? Any New Year's resolutions? Uh, I always have the same one, which is eat more fish. Oh. I love fish. I don't ever eat enough. <laughs> so uh, so uh, Matt is my hero. Eating no, salmon. I wish I was you, Matt. When you say fish, are we are we what end of the spectrum? Are we like like turbot and halibut and exciting fish, or are we more like fish fingers and like uh, you know, all fish, bird's eye uh, kind of end of fish? Like, probably like, like cod, you know, some trout, that kind of stuff. Uh, we could just sort of have some halibut, like okay. curry. Yeah, love fish curry. <laughs> have you got a line in the sand? Is there like something you won't? Are you like? Do you draw the line at lobster, or would you go like all the way to? Dolphin. Um, I want to have oysters. No, 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 nothing <laughs> slimy. I have lobster. Hell yeah, lobster's great. If anyone wants to take me out for lobster, okay. I'm there. There you go, listeners. If anyone wants to take Chris out on a dinner date, there's your chance. Go and take it for some surf and turf. There you go. That's Chris Rag. Finally, we got the voice of Chris Neil Tatty Bo Jangles. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, great. Uh, New Year, same old me. Uh, nothing ever changes. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. no resolutions. Not really. I don't really think about it on New Year's Eve. I mean, at some point, I need to. I need to try and get back into reasonable shape again. But um, yeah, I don't know. You mean in reasonable shape? You're in great. You mean you literally are as in shape as I've ever seen a human being, Mister Neil? Are you, are you bulking out? Uh, incorrect. Uh, you are incorrect, good sir. Um, okay. I am, I am expanding. At a constant rate. I mean, we all are technically because of the expansion of the universe. So I don't feel bad about that. Well, yeah. 
yeah. I mean, you know me. I, I like to feel guilty about things. Um, that is the most Belsier <laughs> thing anyone has ever fucking said, Matt Durant. There we go. Without further ado, let's get the fuck on with this because we've got a lot to cover off today. So who is ready for a recap? Me! Don't, don't all scream at once. You're getting one whether you want one or not. Right. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had helped Belsiar get back on the dating wagon. The first date is always the hardest, right? And knowing that, the crocoborn was going to have to go dining at a fine establishment. The party helped him by taking him to a tailor's to get a new suit fitted. Enter Chimescent Turbore, seamstress to the stars, a wizened old lady who had once made a suit for the star of the silver screen, Jethro Shartlock, whoever the fuck he was. Freshly robed in black sequins, they dropped the crocoborn off at his dinner date in good time as the rest of the party made their way back up the hill to catch up with Sister Petunia at her church. Belsiar was as awkward at dating as you would have hoped. Stay tuned right here to hear how dessert goes. But whilst that was happening, the rest of the party caught up with Petunia, resting a moment in the sanctuary of her church, as they discussed the future with the Emmentals. But not for long, as the peace was broken by the thundering sound of footsteps above them. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. Do you have any questions, Mr. Rag? Because you were away last time, and I'm more than happy to fill you in with any blanks you may have. How's the date going in general? Like, where's the, where are we at at the, like, part-out meter? I'm going to leave that to Matt. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I don't think you mentioned Belsiar getting back on the wagon of dating. I don't think he was ever on that particular wagon. I think he has no context whatsoever for how this is going. So he thinks it's going great. It's not. <laughs> the only context you've had is stabbing the other person to death with a bow. Yeah. Your love life is, is oh, really yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. It's didn't didn't you. Didn't you go on a date in an oubliette? Yeah, and you shivved a lady to death and you couldn't Not even really a date, though, was it? This, is, this really is melting our first date. It felt like it could be love until the death. <laughs> felt like there was a connection there. She pleaded for you to finish her off and you couldn't. I feel like that's leaving out a lot of details, like she tried to kill Belsia. Yeah. That, 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 that turns it from murder. <laughs> I mean, she tried to steal the source of your magic. Yeah. Um... And the only fact you have is she's dead. Yeah. <gasps> or is she? Yeah. She'd be alive. She'd be a wraith. <laughs> as, the, as the waitress walks back into the date, as Belsiar looks over and just sees a crocodile <laughs> lady with several holes in her windpipe. She just, she just shouts, on end of us there, and then stabs you. Like squirrels, like all over <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, right. dead squirrels, just like... Just like wandering around in a hair. It's so hot. It's always so hot. <laughs> we are feeling spicy tonight. Apparently so. Right, let's kick this episode off in the restaurant uh, of Ruben Guaves, where Belsiar is currently having a dinner date with Al Garundi. Look at this. It's actual props, listeners. You can't see this, but he's got a knife and fork. Just cut this bit out and loop it underneath. <laughs> Just in the background. It's like the fucking archers. Yeah. So, yeah, 
you've made it all the way through the main course. You had um, Rocky Mountain oysters as you've nibbled on the last of the oysters, wiping um, some salty oils off your lips. Um, you look over at Al Garundi. As you hear a commotion in the kitchen, as you see one of the waiters back out the double doors of the kitchen after there's a smash and a tumble, um, as he's shaking he's shaking a, a tray at something that you can't see inside the kitchen. There's clearly a commotion going on in the kitchen currently. As you look back at Al, he says, Ah, well, this has been exquisite, hasn't it, Belle? Shall we do dessert? Please, call me something other than Belle. But yes. <laughs> Maybe I had overestimated the bond that we had um, cultivated. We're on, uh, we're on first name terms, uh, Al, Alan, Ali. But uh, I'm not quite ready for, for, for the three letter. It's um, Ali Ali Akbar. But you can call me Al if you wish. I can call you Al. Ali Ali Akbar Garandi. <laughs> um, so what shall I call you, if not Belle? Have you got a pet name? Well, maybe for a, for a second date, you could call me Bell Bellino, the Bellster. People used to call me the Bellster when I was, Bellino. When I was oh, in prison. Bellino. <laughs> okay. Ding dong, ring that bell. Bring me the dessert menu. As you see Jeremy just scuttle in with a little chalkboard. Uh, as he's like... <coughs> as the little boy leaves a chalkboard with the dessert menu on it in front of you. As it says, um, rum panna cotta. Or all restaurants always do chocolate brownie with a scoop of ice cream. There's never been a restaurant in existence that doesn't have oh, bone dry... Yes chocolate brownie and vanilla ice cream as a dessert option or cheese board regional and artisanal cheeses bit, bit of everything bring, bring them all jez as he looks over at you just wipes away a tear he nods as he's like <coughs> as he goes back into the kitchen as the double doors of the kitchen's open you hear a commotion going on on the inside there's a lot of smashing and banging again what would happen to the town if Jeremy dies? <laughs> yeah, he's like at least 50% of the, of the local economy. I know. So you say we should take him hostage and ransom him. As um, Al Garundi's like, so come on, I'm not imagining it. There is something between us, isn't there? You scaly bastard. You're a, a, a very attractive old perv, uh, I have to say. Uh what do you mean, old perv? We're alumni at the same uh, school, you uh, fucking I meant to say middle-aged alumni. Pardon and, my friend. Uh, yeah. I, um, I've very much enjoyed these uh, these oyster balls with you. Um, ah, yes. You are a man who likes the finer things in life. I can see that. Tell me, what did you do after you left the wizard's sleeve? Um, a bit, bit of this and that, so... Um, I was involved in uh, a, a fire-related incident. Um, fire-related incident. I think I. Well, at first I was a I was children's entertainer for for a time. Um, <laughs> Shut up! You are a total bell end. <laughs> children's and, uh, party no, entertainer. I, I mean, I was. Uh, well, I was, I was in the entertainment Stop industry. Stop it! Let's say. 
then then um kind of kind of um lived lived as a free spirit i wouldn't let a a, a set of walls or a roof or even a, a a sleeping bag hold me down um um then i got into the adventuring life and uh mm. spent spent some time doing forest management and uh an, animal handling uh, <laughs> <some> phenomenal <laughs> well i took a gap year in gad i went through the jungles and um Took some peyote, found myself, and I got one of the locals to tattoo me. If you're lucky, I'll show you where it is later. <laughs> how how uh, avant-garde, Al? Yes. Or should I say, avant-garde? Oh, dear God, don't push your luck with your double entendre, you saucy bastard. Right, where is that little shit? Where's the dessert? <laughs> um... As you see a waiter, like, coming back out, holding a tray of desserts as he tries to shake a small animated baked potato off his trouser leg and flings it back into the kitchen as he comes out um, with a tray of desserts. And as the desserts come out, we're going to pan up the camera, pans out the top of this beautiful dinner date through the candlelit candelabra, out through the roof, pans up the hill as we go to the Church of the Blind Pauper, where you find yourselves with Sister Perineus, where we left you. As all of you here are scuttling from the ceiling above, as Perineus is like, oh God, I might not have been totally uh, honest with you, right? Are you ready for this? Ugh. Come on. What's, what's going on? Well... How well prepared are you? Are you armed? Always, baby. To the teeth. She goes over to a cupboard and opens it up and, and pulls out, like, you see a, like, weapons cupboard where she's got, like, various implements and armour and stuff like that. She's like, right, here we go. Once more on Twizzy Bridge. As you hear, the feet are getting louder and louder as the boom, 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 boom. As you hear saying scrabbling at the door. As the door is burst open and a bunch of small children run in and they're like, Petunia! And she's like, I fucking hate children. What? <laughs> you promised you would play a dress up with us! As all the little orphans run in. She's like, I fucking hate it. If I have to dress up one more time for these little shits, I'm going to go insane. She looks over. She's like, could you help me look after these children, maybe? Uh... Barbara's getting an undue amount of attention. There's a child with really sticky hands. You think it's jam or something like that. He's just stroking Barbara and these little yeah, clumps. Yeah, like, Tay's not even looking at Petunia at the minute. He's just like looking at Barbara for her reaction and being like, please, please, please stop. Please, please, please stop. Barbara has the look of an apex predator who's currently pushing down her um, natural instinct to eat things as a small child rubs seedless raspberry, raspberry jam into one of her eyes. Hanash is worried because he's lost Tati in the crowd. Tati! What, what are you, Tati? It's like riot mentality. Tati's just there like, help. Like, his head's on a fucking swivel. That's he's the best thing I've ever seen. That's the... Christopher Rag, that might be the best thing you've ever said. Um, 
as as Hanash feels a small tug at the back of his trousers, as you look around and a small child is behind you, as he's like, "Can I play with your blunderbuss?" Um, <laughs> I, want, I want to like the two is like get ready, and as soon as one came down, I was going to swing my axe at it. Petunia takes one look at you, ushers the child away who's about to play with the blunderbuss. As you take the blunderbuss off your back, you undo the strap and hand it down to the child. As Petunia just steps into the middle, she's like, maybe we will uh, take them into the main uh, chapel. That's uh, right. Okay, enough of this child care. As you (laughs) see, she's dressed up in like, she's just got a random assortment of shit out of the cupboard. She's like, come on, children, dress up time. As you all make your way out into the main um, chapel area. We see it's the usual fare, pews, an altar. There are tables which have got food on them for the homeless and whatnot. As you make your way out into the chapel area, everything's beautifully lit by candles on the walls. They're sconces. They're almost, have you ever seen those kind of almost like bowls of lit coals? They actually light and warm at the same time. As you see, it's all been, like, repaired. Some of the stained glass windows are put out and the doors are a bit higgledy-piggledy as you make your way back out into the main area of the chapel. As Sister Perineus is like, I will, uh, I'll get to fixing Maud's nose very soon. Thank you. We, we appreciate it. In the meantime, could you help me with these uh, children? Yeah. How good uh... are you at... Can uh, can Tatty go and have a look in the in the like um, cupboard wardrobe thing that she opened up and see if there's like a a fake bow and arrow, like an arrow that's got one of those like uh, like a suction cup. At yeah, like a yeah. suction suction cup tip <laughs> on it, uh, just to see if he's got something that he can play with the kids with. Uh, yep, absolutely. So Tatty and Barbara. Go back into there's a little side Burkett room where her, her thing, where her rooms her chambers are out the back of the chapel as you go looking for um, as you go looking for uh, outfits and, and props and things. Um, Hanash, what are you doing with all these kids? Hanash looks at Petunia slowly, puts his hand towards his mace and like, what do you mean by take care? Then <laughs> 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 she's like, right. Look, uh, she she stands off and she's like, "Listen, I understand that uh, not children are not for everyone, but listen, uh, these are orphans. They have already lost everything. You big green bastard! Let's not make their lives any worse." As she stops talking for a minute, she's looking over your shoulder as an arrow comes flying the other way. Natural one hits the stonework. Behind you, as you turn around, you see two dryads coming through the front door of the church to uh, kind of like, they're almost like with the fae, they're almost like tree people made of wood and bark. As they come through the back door, she's like, all right, children, let's, how do you like cheese, children? Would you like to come and see the cheese making, John? As she starts escorting the children very carefully into uh, one of the side rooms, one of the children is like, I don't like cheese. I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. You can fucking die. You can fucking die, kid. <laughs> Better to die at the hands of cheese than an arrow to the stomach. So come yeah. on. As she like, she turns around to Hannah. She's like, would you mind uh, dealing with these gentlemen? <laughs> Thank you. As she ushers the children into a little side room, I'm going to need you to all make me initiative. 
and I've got a map for you. Oh! Okay, I'm just getting up quotes from the Kindergarten Cup. Ready for <laughs> action. <laughs> I'm the party pooper. Um, so, so, um, Matt, do you want to, do you want to run Aristotle? Oh, yes, of course. And I'll run Maud as well as Patty. So I'll, um, I'll roll Maud's initiative as well. Um, uh, Tati got a 22 and Maud got a, uh, 15. Honey, honey, I got a nine. Okay, hang on. Just hang on to that thought and I will walk you through this. I've just got, just going to slightly change the map because Tati and Barbara went into a side room. There you go. Are we, are me and Barbara in the same side room where Petunia's just led the kids? You will see in a minute, not far off. There's only one side room in this church. <laughs> no, there's four side rooms in this church. Spoiler alert. Right, here we go. Let me show you the maps, first of all. So, this is the church. And this is the steeple. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. That was some very gentle comedy from me. <laughs> there we go. There's the top-down view of the church. You can see the double doors at the bottom. This will be available, by the way, patron listeners, uh, and I'm about to mark it up. So you can see the pews are scattered around. Can you see that? It's, I've uh, even done some 3D happening. renders. I've 3D. done some 3D renders from different angles. So that 4K can... 3D? Oh, my gosh. Uh, this delay is brought to you by AJ's internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't. Ooh. There we are. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. So you've got a top-down view, and if I share this with Quality you, you should be... Hey? Is that a jacuzzi? <laughs> it's not a jacuzzi. That is a baptismal font. It looks so, like a jacuzzi. I've just shared a map with you, and as you can see... Oh, and a top-down one. Nice. Sick. You've got a top down with the dryads on it. Um, so you've got two dryads at the door. You've got another dryad coming in the back. As most of you are in the middle, um, the green thing is Sister Perineus, who's taken the kids off into a cheese-making room. And Tati and Barbara have gone back into her bedroom to have a look for stuff. Um, you see two dryads flanking the doors, both holding wicked-looking clubs as their glowing yellow eyes Listener, you as you turn behind you, you see another dryad stepping across the water of what is a baptismal font, but in reality has been used by the homeless to wash themselves recently. As another dryad holding oh. a bow comes across, what I need you to do is make me initiative rolls. And I appreciate you've already done that, Tatty. Sorry. I... So, so who got 20 to 25 initiative? Uh, Tatty got 22. Oof. Okay. Uh, anyone got 15 to... Aristotle just got 17. 20? Um, Maud got a 15. Maud got a 15. Um, who got 10 to 15? Anyone? Okay, anyone got 5 to 10? I got a 9. Healthy, <laughs> I got a tingly feeling that something was wrong, but then immediately dismissed it as the desserts appeared. <laughs> 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 I 
food in the you say? Yes, there's food in the corner. As you look over, you can see a table which is full of all sorts. There's bread and meats. There's even a random selection of gingerbread men and a croissant. A Everyone pretzel. loves a croissant. That's really, that's... There is a pretzel, yeah. There's a 4K pretzel on the table. Only our patron listeners will ever get to ever get to enjoy this. Right, Tatty, you are right up the top. I'm at the top, okay. Um, can I... You're off on the side. Yeah. Can I... It looks like to get back into the main room, I have to go up into the top room and then through that one. Um, yep. with my, with right. my, with my movement, um, can I make it to the, make it to the door into the main room? What's your movement? 25 feet. Don't know if I can. Yeah, I would say just about. Yes. If you want to do your full move, hang on. No, you could probably make it to the bottom of the stairs. If you want to do that with your full movement. Okay. Um, what I will... You can obviously use your action as a movement, can't you, and double down? Yeah, I can do the same thing as a bonus action as well, because I'm a roguey, roguey, rogue. But um, I think okay. what I'm, I think what I'm going to do is, yeah, run into the main room, and I'm going to... Um, I say run into the main room. I think I'm going to um, hide, hide behind the door into the main room. Okay. That Barbara with you? Yeah, Barbara's going to come with me. She has like a, I don't know, 40 feet movement, something like that. So she's, she's fine. That's okay. And that's, that's your movement and your bonus action to double move. And then you've still got your action. Is that right? Uh, yes. So I will use my action to hide. Um, and I'll make, okay. a, I'll make a stealth check. Um, I just need to remind myself how much I had. I'm lying. I fully know how much I add to it. It is a plus 10. Um, yeah. That is a 14 stealth. Not God great. almighty. Ducking behind a door. Uh, yeah, so that's Tatty's and Barbara's go. Okay. That's Tatty and Barbara's go. Next, we have one of the dryads. Uh, the dryads by the door are both armed with clubs as... They are going to try and close some of the gap with you. So one of them is going to charge up into the middle, the first one, to try and close some of the distance. Uh, and he's going to take one look at Aristobulus. Ah, Belsiar's on this map, and he shouldn't be. I'm an idiot. The um, Yeah, that's Belsiar. We'll just subtly take him off. Does he look <laughs> over? Hey, who the hell's Bell? Don't call me Bell. Um, as the first of uh, the Dryads is going to look over at Aristobulus and he's going to try and use, because he can't close the distance to meet him, he is going to use um, Charm Person. Oh, no. Uh, so he's not within five feet. Is it, does he get within five feet? No, he's us? not within. No. Okay. No, no, he's still a good 10, 12 feet away from you. He is going to use... Fey Charm, so the Dryad targets one humanoid. He can see within 30 feet of him, and they must succeed a DC 14 Wisdom saving throw, or they are charmed. So does somebody want to make a DC Wisdom saving throw? I, I, for I, I, I do want to note that what charms Aristobulus is probably very different to what charms a normal human being. 
Yeah, he just gets he gets a very wrinkly wooden twig penis out. <laughs> Aristobulus is a secret uh, secret fetish. Um, is it? Yeah, he just shows him a couple of mushrooms. <laughs> uh, you wanna? You wanna get a little high? You wanna look at my little my little wooden dick? <laughs> That's a seven. Uh, no, a ten. Sorry, a ten. So he fails. So what? looking at the um, looking into the pulsating yellow eyes of the dryad, uh, Aristobulus goes slightly boss-eyed and is charmed, which in reality means uh, he can't attack the charmer or target the charmer with harmful abilities. Um, so he's just staring, doughy-eyed, for now. Did you say that was dryad number one on the map? Yeah, that's dryad number one, who's just at the edge of um, where the diagonal bench uh, is below um, Aristobulus. Yeah. Uh, when we get around a full turn structure, I will uh, drop a map in to show you where you will are. Aristobulus is next, as he looks charmingly at the dryad in front of him. Um, what it doesn't say is he can attack other people, I believe. Yeah. He just can't attack that dryad. Yeah. The way I read it, anyway, we're charmed. Do you think... I'm, I'm putting myself in the Aristobulus headset, and I'm thinking he... Would a, would a command be an attack, necessarily? Because, let's say, a, a, a loved-up Aristobulus casts command I, well, I, I, I would read it as he, he could command him, but he couldn't do anything hostile. I don't think he could take any hostile actions. So I don't think, narratively, he would take anything untoward. So he wouldn't tell him to kill himself or drown himself or jump off a cliff, but he could think try and command gonna, him to do benign things. Uh, command on... Triads one and two, but it's going to be command hug, like bring it in, bring it in, guys. I no longer want to fight you. I don't think you can do a multiple command. I think command uh, is just on one creature. You on can if you level. do a high yes. level slot. You can affect one additional creature okay. for each slot level above this first. Is there a distance between them? Yeah, there's currently about twenty feet between must be one and two. But I'm happy to go with them. Yep, I would say they are. Yep. Do we have the rights to take my reference? Because <laughs> <laughs> you just did. <laughs> so, um, what do they need? What's their DC save? Uh, that's a Wisdom 14 save and throw. Wisdom 14. Now, Dryads get advantage on saves against magic because they are and inherently this, this off will magic. Be on their next turn if they fail. So, it takes up a turn for them. They still need to save. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They still need to save now. So, so um, DC what? 14. 14. Well, one of them gets a 20, and number two gets a 21. So, no, your command bounces off. As Aristobulus, looking doughy-eyed, tries to mumble and whisper some sweet nothings, but they go they don't go very far. Um, that, I presume, uses up his turn, unless um, he wants to run anywhere. That, that seems un, un aristobulus like No. Okay, uh, and with that, Faye number two is going to use twice his movement uh, to run into combat with Maud, except he can't attack her because he's used all his movement up getting there. So that is number two. That leaves Maud, who now has... Maud has a dryad standing in front of her currently for whoever's okay. um, controlling her. Um... Let me see. 
Maud is going to... No, we're not going to wild shape. Uh, that doesn't feel... That doesn't feel... That doesn't feel too Maud at this at this point. Um... So the second one is the second one is now in melee with her, aren't they? Yeah. Second one is just on the top corner of the pew. See the pew underneath Maud. Yeah. Just on the top corner of it, in line with Hanash on the other side of the pew. First thing that Maud's going to do is uh, tell Marvin to uh, run and hide in one of the side rooms. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's what's a goat's movement? Yeah, let me just let me just do a little do a little D and D beyond searching here. See if there's a see if there's a stat block for a goat. <laughs> there's a side room very close by. There is there is a stat block for a goat. A, a goat has I am not I'm not fucking with you. A speed of forty feet. So this goat can fucking fuck me. The goat the goat icon right. is terrifying. This is a ghost goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a full on. Okay. Beat. So Marvin is gonna go up to the door where Sister Perineus went into, and he's gonna rub his hooves against the door and his horns, he's gonna be like meh, meh, meh. And the door's gonna open a creak as Sister Perineus is like, You get your ass in here right now, Mr. Goat. Maybe we will milk you if you're very lucky. <laughs> Marvin is now in with the children. And um, and Sister Perineus is the door to that little room. It's the one with the green blob in it, which is um, Sister Perineus. As the door slams shut, what's Maud doing? Uh, she's face-to-face with a member of the Run, a dryad, a stick-bark warrior holding a vicious-looking club. Maud is going to um, whip out a hand as soon as she sees that... Um, Marvin is is safe in this moment. Maud's gonna whip out her hand and like it kind of looks like it kind of looks like it comes out of a sleeve, but it's just like a, a yep. bit of like magic energy like whips around her wrist, and she gets to use a thorn whip, uh, and she's gonna okay. strike out and attack the dryad that's closest to her. Okay, uh, that is a natural three, so that is an eight. To <laughs> hit. I'm gonna say that doesn't hit. That does not hit. As the thorns thwap off the bark armour on the front of the dryad, they just fall limply to the floor. As the dryad's piercing yellow eyes look down and look back up at Maud, as a horrible cracked grin of teeth open in the dryad's face. Um, Is Maud going to do any movement? If Maud disengages from the dryad, he'll, he'll get an attack of opportunity on her. If, if she doesn't... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If she doesn't... Uh disengage then he'll get an attack of opportunity if she moves uh see no she's good that was just a cantrip we're not throwing too much on this yet uh i know exactly what i'm gonna (laughs) what i'm gonna do uh when shit kicks off everything's cool maud's in a good place everyone's good okay very good um Dryad 2, which played Dryad 3, who's on the corner of what used to be a baptismal font and is now little more than bath water as the Dryad holds his position. Tatty's hiding behind the door in the top right-hand corner of the map as the Dryad spies Hanash and takes a shot with his bow. 13, uh, no chance. You better hit. As you hear a you hear a twang off the metal, 
as uh, the dryad arrow ricochets off your plate of your armor and falls to the floor. As you see, the arrow is almost like... It's not a clean kind of fletched arrow that you normally associate with combat. It's almost like a small branch, like it has leaves instead of um, flights at the back. I blow the dryad kit. As it bounces harmlessly off your armor. And with that, it's Hanash's go at the bottom. What are you doing? So, damage-wise D&D, trees, these dryads are made of wood, right? And wood burns. Correct. There's coals nearby. It does. Is there any way that I can, like, do additional damage by, like, hitting them into the coal? You can certainly work on that theory. Um, from what you're aware, the dryads, um, they're fairly resistant against magic. So if you use magic fire, it would have less of an effect than just picking up coals and setting fire to one. So, yes, that would be the way to go if you were going to go. All right. With a bonus action, oh. could I take a drink of moonshine and spit it over it? Oof. Just for the rule of cool, I'll say yes. Okay. So I do my Diet Coke. I music goes off. <laughs> I moonshine and I just spray. Um, so I'm obviously going for dryad number two, which is like right next to me and Maud. Yeah. It's opposite of Pew. Yep. That's right. Right. And then I'm That's going to... That's your bonus to, action. I'm going to hit them with my morning star. Um, and I'm going to use pushing attack to push them into the coals. Oh. So, so you'd have to back. move slightly. Yeah. You, do you so, want to come forward about three feet or something yeah, like that? Yeah, so yeah. that you're within five feet range. Uh, okay, so I'm down with that, yep. 20 to hit. Yeah, 22 to hit, yeah. Jesus, hit, yeah. So initial damage is 12. And then D8. And then another 8 damage. And they get pushed. They need to make a DC 15 strength to um, avoid getting pushed. 18. They don't get hey, pushed. Don't get pushed. But the dryad is looking pretty grim and bashing and smashing into him. You see one of his um, branch-like bark arms is hanging limp at his side. The dryad was not particularly impressed with that. Uh, well, I get another attack, so get I'm going to go for that arm again. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hit it with my monster. I'm going to try and push it again because, you know, it's got booze on yep. them. Sure. So for the attack... That's a 23 to hit. Jesus Christ, hit. Uh, initial damage is 10. Then plus 7 damage. And then... <laughs> so I'll tell you right now, you hit it once, the side of it, like, arm breaks off as this branch, like, arm falls to the floor as you just keep on pounding it and pounding it and pounding it as you just see, like bits of like bark just break off it as it lands on the floor you just keep on smashing into it with your morning star until the glowing yellow eyes go out as number two is currently down nice uh, and i've used my bonus action but as a rule of call can i pick up the arm and wave at the one that threw a that tried to get an arrow of me <laughs> for, for what is worth for what is worth if you want to yes you can absolutely do that <laughs> say that as you wave the broken arm of the dryad around you see a shadow fall across the window um, by the altar 
as the glass shatters and you see a giant creature, two arms come through the um, two arms come through the the broken glass of the stained glass window as this grey, pallid flesh peels itself through the gap as you hear a guttural kind of like... <sighs> and two arms, a body and a head comes through as you see an etta cap. If you've never seen an etta cap before, it's like an abomination of a spider. It's like a walking spider. I'll send you an image of one as the giant creature blocks out the light. A walking spider? With the stained glass window. A spider that walks? I will send you an image of one now. It's not a walking spider, it's a walking spider. Walking. <laughs> better call this spider because he's a walking. <laughs> I've been saving I've been saving that joke to use in my oh, regular man. life for far too long, so now I'm just gonna drop it. Very nice. There you go. You see an etacap that looks something a bit like that. It's a giant mobile walking spider minus the legs as it uh, smashes uh, through the window. And it's standing like right next to the altar. Now, what we're going to do at this point, I am going to take a screenshot of where everything is. I'm going to send it to you. Is it and we're going to get back. To- yeah, somehow the fact that it's, that it, <laughs> wow. that it's a little pot belly makes yeah. it more scary. It somehow makes it more real. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're going, to, we're going to... These images will all be available for our patron subscribers. There we go. There's the map as is. As you can see, you can see the Etta cap has just come through on the far left-hand side. You can see the corpse mm-hmm. of uh, the dryad that Hanash has smashed into a pulp and picked up the arm of. And you can see Tati, Barbara up in the top right-hand corner. And you can see the dryad with the bow in the top left-hand corner. There you go. Oh, and you can see Marvin is now with um, Sister Perineus in one of the side rooms. Can you see that map yet? No, not yet. Boo. Hopefully it will come. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Whilst we pan back to Belsiar, you're in the restaurant. As dessert arrives on the table, Belsiar, it is everything that you had hoped it would be. There is a bone-dry chocolate brownie. There is... Oh, but the, but the ice cream is still too frozen to, to, to really eat. It's not creamy at all. So we pan back as you are just banging your spoon yes. against the ice cream. Um, as you look over and you see Al Garundi, he picks up the panna cotta and he shakes it and he goes, if panna cotta doesn't wobble, is it really panna cotta? <laughs> <laughs> How droll. There's nothing worse than a flaccid <laughs> panna cotta. <laughs> How droll. Chance <laughs> <laughs> would be a fine thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, darling, how do you like to spend an evening? What would you be getting up to if you weren't here entertaining Flash, me? There's, there's, there's flashes through Balsia's mind of burning mammals and screaming children, buildings <laughs> collapsing, goblins being eviscerated. Um, but I think, I think Balsia puts this to one side and says, "Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a great, uh, I'm a, I'm a." For, forever student i'm uh, i'm always learning i'm uh, looking for the uh, the uh, sorry i'm just distracted by the the red light district uh, is, is is this a date light i or think that's the date light, light. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the same thing baby. <laughs> that that hues on just the uh, same thing baby the romantic side 
Um, yeah. I can't make it too dark, otherwise I'll fall asleep. For the listeners, Chris and Chris have just switched on a bright red light behind them. It now looks like Amsterdam, where Chris and Chris are. That wasn't a reference to the fact that Matt is currently on a street corner peddling his wares. You can't see. Well, there are lots of horny men have covered at Chris's door. <laughs> what can I say? I got, I got, what, I got what everyone wants. <laughs> As um, a bit like Indecent Proposal, Al Gurundi just leans a scaled hand across and takes your hand in his Belsiar. He's like, so... Al, let's... Where let's, are we? let's... Let's stop the games. Uh, I, 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 I know what you're after. And what am I after? Spell it out. Uh, the old, <laughs> the old, the old horizontal shuffle. The old. Ah, uh, yes. Who doesn't love a claw in the cloaca? Yes. It's very difficult. Everyone mark off your bingo card. AJ's just said cloaca for the first time this episode. It didn't make me feel good, though, this time. No. 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 Listen, Belle. My life has been lonely since I lost my last partner. They were taken young. Albers. Too young. (laughs) Yes. Albers. No, not Albers. No. They got the um they got the plague. <laughs> and I had to watch them slowly die, leaving meals outside their room, whilst their breathing got shallower and shallower. In the end, it's all I could do. I bricked up the room and left them in there. <laughs> Love is a Love is a fickle thing, and I've waited all these years. And now, finally, I think I may be ready to date again, Belsia. Could you be the one? Al, I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. And... <laughs> with your... With your, your... Your knowledge, your wisdom, your access to expensive magical trinkets... I, I think this could work. I mean, obviously, dating me has benefits such as considerable <laughs> discounts to magical goods. I mean, I'm I'm not a complicated man. All I need is laughter and warmth and genuine affection. My love language is food, Belsiar. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I get snacky, if you know what I mean. I'll keep you in... Uh testicles for the rest of your life. As he kindly squeezes your arm as he's like, oh, as he takes a spoonful of panna cotta and he just leans across the table and he just slowly and sensually puts rum-flavoured panna cotta into the front of your mouth. And then in, in the tradition of all crocodiles eating food, noisily turns his head up and just smacks his giant, giant jaws together. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like all crocodiles, he pulled it underneath the water and rolled around on it a bit to, to try and flatten it. There we go. We're going to leave these two star-crossed loved crocs. Um, 
making sweet nothings at each other as we're going to come back to the action. Back round the top of the combat round, um, I have rolled initiative for the Etta Cap, and <laughs> it got two. So the Etta Cap is now the last thing. Um, we're back round the top with Tatty. Cool. Uh, you are at the top of the round. What are you doing? Hunkered down behind a door at the top of the chapel with Barbara. Looking out at the dryad with the bow across the chapel who's sneering at you with a wicked smile. Did it? Can it see me? I mean, You're I not 100% sure. It's, it's currently um, looking over... Sorry, I said hiccuping. The the dryad at the far end of the chapel is currently looking over at the etta cap that has burst through the stained glass window halfway down the chapel and seems to be a little bit distracted, but it has a wicked grin on its face, looking very, very happy with the way things are going. Okay, I'm going to um, just pry open the door slightly um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to attack. I'm going to use my short bow and fire an arrow. Okay. At the actually, I'm going to hunter's market first. That's a good point. Use my bonus okay. action to hunter's market. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and then I'm going to fire an arrow. So I was, I was trying to hide before. Um, yes. I know I didn't. I know I didn't roll that well. But if I'm firing from stealth, I should get advantage. Okay. I mean, you're firing from stealth, and it wasn't. It wasn't looking at you, so yeah. So for this round, I'll give you advantage. But if it clocks where you are, you'll no longer be in hiding. Uh, that is a natural nineteen. Uh, Oof, hit for a twenty-nine. Um, I will roll four d six plus plus. I'm just going to roll one of these again. Uh, 10 plus 313 is 18 damage. 18 damage. Okey Yep. So you see the arrow dig into it as it bursts through the bark armour and you see it scowl in pain as it looks over at you, the blazing yellow eyes following the line of the arrow back to the door. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Um, with my movement, um, Barbara and I are going to move out of this door into the main room. Um, we're going to try and, I know we can't hide, but we're going to try and get cover behind the, um, not the top bench on the right hand side that's diagonal, but the one below it that's vertical. We're going to, um, we're going to hide behind that for some cover from most of the enemies. Okay. Got it. You're both down there. I've moved you down there. Is that both of you done for the turn? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Dryad number one, the one who charmed Aristobulus, is going to looking over at the Etacap who's just burst through. He is going to um, run over... What's he going to do? No, he's going to he's going to look in at Hanash, who's just beaten his friend to death and picked up his arm and waved it around like a flag. He's going to look over at Hanash and try and use uh, Fae Charm 
on Hanash to slow him down a bit. Um, so Hanash, I need you to make me a DC wisdom throw, saving throw. Okay. 14. Meets it, beats it. Damn. Yep. As he, you look into his eyes as you, you start going a little bit goggle-eyed and mesmerized as you find some inner fortitude in yourself and you snap out of it, slap yourself across the face and remind yourself how deadly these things are. Unaffected by his, by his, by his charms. As you just hear a voice inside you saying, yes, yes. Do not give me a <laughs> right, it's Aristobulus's turn. What's he doing? He, Aristobulus is charmed currently and c- can't do a great deal. Um, Although he could, he could in theory do something yeah, against the Etocat. his disposal. Aristobulus is going to cast Bless on um, his favorite people. So that's uh, Hanash. Uh, Barbara and Tati. (laughs) (laughs) But conspicuously missing out Maud. Um, And then he's gonna... Can he make a break for one of the rooms to get behind something? (laughs) Um, What's his his movement? 30 feet. 30 feet. He can make it most of the way to the door at the bottom. So he's next yeah, to the brazier, spot, the big uh, coals at the bottom by the open door. So he cowardly runs away there after casting Bless stop, on stop Hanash. Cowardly running away, it's Tati. a tactical, tactical retreat. It's a, t- it's a tactical <laughs> retreat as he leaves a brown <laughs> smear. Leaving a brown smear across the floor. That is Aristobulus's go. Maud is up next. What is she doing? As she stands next to the broken body of the dryad that Hanash has smashed into kindling. Um, Maud is going to, hmm, let me see. Maud is going to use, uh, Entangle on the, uh, Etikap, is that what it's called? Yep, Etikap, yep, okay. So it needs to make a DC 13 strength saving throw. DC 13 strength saving throw. Is Entangle magical? Um, it is, yes. Would help if I had the right dice, listeners. Ah, there it is. Oh, DC what was it? 13. Strength? Yeah. He got 12. Oh, baby. Um, so it is restrained. Um, okay. And it can use its action on its turn to try and, um... To try and break free. Okay. Um, I need to look up exactly what restrained means, but um, this is in the English language because I'm not a restrained person. Um, uh, okay. You look at that up. So the Etta Cap is currently like entangled in weeds, vines, is it? Like uh, vines grow up out of the floor and come through the window and entangle the Etta Cap as you hear it groan and grunt as a giant beast's Arms are pulled backwards by vines as you hear a guttural kind of like. arms. it's a 20 foot square of weeds and vines and it turns as well as restraining him. It turns that area into difficult terrain for everyone. Okay. For everyone. 
Yeah. For everyone. Okay. So while that's going on, while that's going on, it is Dryad number three's go. So the the archer at the very top is going to look around. Um, he's going to pick out a target and he's going to look at Tatty. And he is going to fire his bow. And he gets a 16. That's my armor class. Definitely hits. Meets it, beats it. Taking six points of damage as a thud. You see a sort of giant stick-like arrow jutting out of your shoulder as blood starts welling up out of it as Barbara looks up at you with a concerned look on her face. Um, I'm just going to copy the the rules for restrained and drop them in the chat because it might Thank be you. that way. Sounds good. Hanash, you are up. I'm just going to read read this little extract. Okay, well, I'm going to go. So 20 feet... What does it mean by difficult to train? Like, can I get to it? Or you can, like... you can, you can get to it, and you can, you can move through it. It just costs double your speed. How how far away is the? Um, as I, as I, as I, as I... Say that again. Fifty feet, probably to you. Fifty feet, you say. Yeah. Fifty feet, probably more like fifty-five, sixty. By the time you've gone round all the pews or clambered over them. Uh, how many rounds is it in Tangle for? Uh, until it makes the save. Okay. Um... Until it breaks free. Um, I think maybe it does have a... Oh, it lasts for it lasts for up to a minute, so it's probably like 10 rounds or something, but like... 10 rounds. Yeah. But the maximum of 10 rounds are when it breaks through. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go for number one then. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's within 30 feet of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, cool. I walk up to it. Slowly, but within my bonus action or within my movement time, like a <laughs> almost yeah. like, like the tombstone guy. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for my morning star. I'm gonna take off uh, five off my DC to increase my attack by ten. You also get, I've got to say, okay. plus so you get a D extra D four from bless. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you got bless, you get you you add a D four to your attack roll. Okay, well. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. I, I got 26. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. What did you get? Oh, I got 30, so 26 after. Jesus H. Christ. Yes, that hits twice over. Right, so uh, 16 damage on the first one. <laughs> How do you want to do this? <laughs> um, okay. So I want to like kind of baseball bat it. I want to hit its head so far that it flies off into the Etihad or whatever it's called. <laughs> it's cap. It's a cap. The Etihad is the Arsenal stadium, isn't it? The, the, oh, the Arsenal stadium. <laughs> That's the Emirates. Is the Arsenal stadium? Uh, the Etihad is Man City stadium. Um, as you take your morning stand, you beat the head off the sentient tree-like being, you see the neck snap like a branch as the head skitters off and lands at the feet of the Etacap, who lets out a howl, trying to raise his muscled arms. He's restrained by vines and the howl that emits from the front of the Etihad. <laughs> you know, I'm calling it a fucking Etihad. Out of the front of the Etacap's mouth is a sort of like... <laughs> as the vicious red eyes pierce across the chapel floor... Straight at you, Hanash. 
And you know, if I have two action, two attacks on an action, do I still just get one movement in a round? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So then, yeah, you would do. You can't then run halfway across the map and then fight something else. So Hanash is putting stuff down at a ridiculous pace here, and that takes us to the Etacap's turn. Um, I've, got another, I've got another attack. He's got another attack. What are you going to attack? I'm going to attack the Etacap. Etacap. <laughs> uh, I've got a crossbow, so I can get it with the range I'm at. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I slowly like look at it, all dramatic like. Slowly bring up the crossbow. Everything's really slow with Hanash. Yeah, because he's a machine. Um, <laughs> and enjoy drama. And I get I get an advantage with this and the blast because it's all entangled. yes, because it's restrained. Yeah, you do. Uh, so that's a thirteen or a. Remember, it's a D four, not just like a full plus four. It's you. Oh, it's you a D4 to the attack roll. Okay. So 19. What's my D4? It's the real sharp one that'll hurt you. Ah! Is that a 2? That's a 2. Uh, so that's 21 to hit. Hit. <laughs> 4 damage. 4 damage. Great. As the arrow sinks into a thigh, as you hear it scream, as it looks down Ace Ventura style at its thigh. Where an arrow was sticking out of it, as it's like. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, what kind of saving throw does the Etacap have to make to try and break three of restraint? Uh, strength has to be at thirteen. Strength, strength thirteen. Thank you. It gets uh fourteen. Ah. As the Etacap uses its entire um action to rip up the vines out of the floor. So it now has these weird kind of vines just hanging off its wrist and it comes stomping across the dance floor um, towards Hanash in great anger. You can still see your crossbow bolt sticking out of its leg, Hanash. Can't wait to bug you later. (laughs) As it's now... Standing right in front of you, but it's used up its actions and it has used up um, its movement as well now. Oh boy, he, she gonna get it. <laughs> they gonna get it. <laughs> um, right, back round the top of the round, it is Tatty's go. What I will do is I will send you this map. Let me send you this map so that you're all clear on where stuff is. Well, there we go. That probably means we should pan back to Belsiar in the restaurant. Belsiar, as you find yourself in the intimate grip of a dragonborn, as he strokes up your arm with a scale finger, as he's like, have you eaten enough? I've always got room for more, Al. Ah, I see you are warming to me. Well, as he picks up a piece of cheese, he he picks up a blue creamy cheese, smears it on a cracker, leans forward and just pops it into your mouth as he's like, maybe you'd like to come back to mine for dessert. Maybe get a coffee at mine. That sounds nice. We we can take a walk along. I've got one of those magical coffee machines that uses pods. Makes a... Cracking, 
frappuccino. Maybe we can take a little walk by the uh, bloated, rotting, rot- rotting carcass of that that dragon turtle. Enjoy the night air. Uh, uh, yeah, see where the night takes us, Al. I heard perhaps that you were involved in the death of that dragon turtle. Um, I categorically, no. We had nothing to do with it. It was a freak accident. Phases of the moon. Uh, they, 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 they wash up. Phases of the moon. Terribly sad. But uh, nothing, nothing we can do. Nothing we could have done. If, if we even were there. You can speak openly with me, darling. There need be no secrets between us. Okay, well, we went up the we 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 went up the anus and kind of destroyed it from from the inside out. Ah, that's also my weakness. <laughs> that is my weakness. I really want to have to say we went up its anus and rearranged its guts. <laughs> no, no one. Okay, as um. As you're all nibbling on little sweet treats, um, Al Garundi raises a hand and coughs and clicks his finger, and he's like, garçon, garçon, as um, Jeremy just scuttles out of the kitchen. As as the kitchen doors open, you can see um, somebody trying to fend off potato with a frying pan in the kitchens as Jeremy comes scuttling across the floor as he's like, see, <coughs> as... Algarandi's like, we will get the bill now, please. And don't forget, I am a friend of Ruben Guavez's. As, as Jeremy is like, right, you are. As he just scuttles back off, he makes it to the, the kitchen door and he, there's fear and trepidation. He doesn't want to go back into the into the current hell mouth that Picato has made the kitchens at this fine dining restaurant as he braces himself and goes back in. Um, you look up as Algarandi says... Yes, maybe we'll take a slow walk back through the city centre and I will show you my coffee machine. Come back for something strong and dark. I'd, I'd love to uh, taste your beans. I'll, I'll grind them myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it hurts anymore. I'm stood up balancing on my, on my wheelie chair. Oh my God. Oh my God, guys, I'm freaking out. My loins. As, my loins. as you said that, um, Al Grundy was sipping on um, some port as he spits it out with your doubler entendre. As he's like, <coughs> "Do excuse me," as uh, he mops he mops some port off his chin using his sleeve. He's like, "Yes, <laughs> my beans." <coughs> Sorry, lost my composure. My beans, my beans. As we pan back to the fight going on in the chapel, um, you should have got a new map. Has everyone seen the map? Yes. Um, as background, the top, who did you just kill? You killed Dryad number one. So background, the top is Tatty. You are up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use, I need to check this. I think I, I think I have it. Um, I'm going to use my bonus action, um, to use steady aim, which, um, gives me advantage on my attack roll, but it means that I can't move this turn. Um, okay. I'm going to give myself advantage, and I'm going to just pop my head up a little bit, and I'm going to fire at Dryad number three. Okay. And I get a... Oh, oh thank God for Bless. 
Um, uh, nine plus three plus uh, I got a twenty-two to hit. Jesus Christ, you guys are rolling high. Fuck that. Um, okay. I rolled a natural five and a natural nine, so I was not rolling high. God, thank God for bless. Okay, as. So with Bless, you shoot, you miss completely, slipping on some grease on the floor. You hit, there's a metal (laughs) chest on the right-hand side as the arrow ricochets off with Bless and twats into the dryad nonetheless as Bless takes its effect on you. Um, What damage have you done? Uh, 17. Okay, sure. Um, How, uh, just out of interest, how far away is dryad number three from the (sighs) Etikap? 50 feet, a bit less, okay. probably. 50 feet if you had to meander all the fucking pews. 40 feet as the crow flies, probably. 30. I was going to feel like a dickhead for asking how, as, as the crow flies, uh, but no, that's fine. Uh, so we did 17 damage to dry number three. That's me. Dunzo. As you're fighting away, you shoot with a ricochet, the dryad. You see it go, as it looks down, it's piercing yellow eyes, looking at the arrow, which is sticking out of its bark armour on its chest. As you look down at Barbara, who's just playing with Seamus the owl, chewing the owl, as you hear this pathetic little hoot, as as Barbara is still, like, choking out the ancient owl that you bought her. Uh, recently. She seems very content, very calm in this combat situation. Uh, next up is Aristobulus, who is down the bottom of the map and is still charmed, no longer charmed, as the um, the the dryad that charmed him is no more, as Hanash ripped its head off. Uh, Aristobulus uses his bonus action to feel sorry for his now dead, charmed friend. Um you just see a single tear roll down Aristobulus's dirty cheek as it clears a clean path down his... Um, and then his shakes cheek. himself out of, out of it. Um, he's going to cast blindness on the Etihad. Et- et- Etihad. 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 Yep. The champion! <laughs> And we've been saved. <laughs> what kind of saving throw do I need it needs to make? a Constitution 14 saving throw. Constitution 14 saving throw. Gets a three. Yes. Bollocks, I'm rolling really badly today, listeners, and it's making me sad. Um, as the creature, you see it, it's like a as it just rubs its its claws over its eyes as it now can't see as it's swaying around smashing out with its arms its claws knocking over some of the um p- uh, the benches and pews near you as it swings out hanash you duck as the one of its flailing arms goes over the top of your head right that is i presume aristobulus's turn unless he's moving anywhere no 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 does it give us an advantage on attacks or anything oh yeah is it blinded uh, yes, it's blinded. I should know this. I've got... Just so happens I still have the, I still have the page open with all the conditions. Um, I will post it in the chat. Yeah, advantage for this is advantage for... I've got it in front of me. A blinded creature can't see and automatically fails all ability checks that it requires. That requires sight. Attack rolls against a creature have advantage and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. That is blinded. I have it in front of me. So, yes. Uh, that's Aristobulus done. That's Maud's turn now. 
Uh, Maud Stern. Yes. 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 Maud is all the way over there. Okay. Um, keep forgetting that I'm also running Maud. Um, anything you do as a bonus action? Not really. Um, what's Maud do? Because that moves it. Maud has come contemplating her decision. Yes. Maud can just hear a, you can hear a, a meh from the little room as Sister Perineus is quietly saying, Don't worry, Maud, it'll be okay. I'm looking after Marvin for you. He is okay. You're going to say quietly, quietly milking Marvin. Just quietly milking a goat as Marvin's like, <laughs> <laughs> Creamy. Does does Marvin have udders? Has that ever been established? Oh yeah, he's got a single udder. <laughs> right. What's Mar? What's Maud doing? Is Marvin a man girl? <laughs> or have we just misnamed him? <laughs> you can turn him upside down and look for his cloaca <laughs> later. <laughs> That's two. That's two, ladies and gentlemen. That's two. Right, what's more doing? Sorry, I'm reading the I'm reading the the uh, description of Beltrack's beehive. Unfortunately, it's about five pages long. Yeah, fuck me. Uh, I know, I wrote it. Yeah, um, I d- I don't think. I, I imagine that scene from Indiana Jones, like Maud thinking about what to do with her beehive, and then just throws it at the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Maud is going to cast, uh, actually, uh, Tangle. No, that's gone. That's fine. Yeah, Maud's going to cast uh, Fairy Fire on mm-hmm. uh, on Dryad number three. Um, so that means that it needs to make a dex saving throw of 13. It is a spell just for the purposes of your saving throw. Thank you. So it gets advantage on saving throws. It needs dex saving 13, does it? Uh, God. Six and a ten. That's a fail. Oh, nightmare. Uh, which means that... Why can't I roll all... today, listeners? Hey, if it makes you feel any better, my damage rolls have been absolutely god-awful. I've been rolling ones and twos all day. So far, the only damage that anyone's done is the arrow sticking out of Tatty. Yeah, and that was a full six, so you're welcome. Um, attack rolls against the third dryad have advantage. So you've lit up the dryad like a festive tree as he's now sparkling and twinkling in all different multicolors. What colour is the fire? Or is it multiple, multiple colours, would you say? I would say... If this is if this is flavored uh, like uh, like more, then I would say that it is a it is like a bright purple color that also sh- uh, also shimmers, and on the back half of it, as it spins round, it's also like a really glowing bright red that comes out as well. Ooh, Can you adjust yeah. your room color to reflect that? No, no, I don't know where I got the red from. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't encourage him, Matt. Don't encourage him. Right, so Dryad number three is lit up with all sorts of magical fey lights. As he twinkles, you see the water behind him in the font reflecting his twinkly little lights 
as fairy fire lights him up. Hanash, you... Uh, no, it's Dryad number three's turn next. As he looks down at himself, twinkling, he recomposes himself, notches another arrow, looks over at Maud, looks over at Tatty again, who attacked him, and just lets loose at Tatty um, as he fires his bow. Getting a 15. Misses. The arrow flying over the top of Tatty, hitting the brazier behind you, Tatty. Coals spreading across the floor. As you look behind you, you see burning coals flickering across the patchwork stone floor between you and Maud. As we go to Hanash's turn. Hanash, what are you up to? Uh, am I still blessed? Yes. I would imagine okay, so. so. Ten turns. Going to uh, attack uh, Man C with my Morning Star. <laughs> And I'm going to take the five um, DC hit for extra ten damage. So eight, eight. sixteen, twenty, twenty to hit. Have you missed with any attacks today? Right, nope, that hits. Yep, that was a that was a natural eight. No one's rolling high here. I've got plus eight on my thing, and I'm less. So (laughs) just ridiculous. We need to get better monsters, listeners. This is pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Donate to our Patreon. We can afford better monsters. So that's 21 damage. I'm also going to do a maneuver attack while while I'm at it. Am I allowed to say that after I've rolled? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to announce it before you you roll to hit. So I'm going to do a goading attack. So... um, if it fails the DV the saving throw, which is a wisdom saving throw, I don't know if that, you can do that with sight. Wisdom saving throw of a what? Uh, fifteen. Yeah. That means that fifteen. And this isn't magic, is it? Yeah. yeah, magic. Oh no, no, it's not magic. No, it's not magic. No, I was going to say it's not magic, and also it's blinded. It automatically fails ability checks. It doesn't automatically fail saving throws, according to. Yeah. Doesn't say anything about yeah, saving yeah, yeah. throws in the rules. So goading attack. Also, you can't goad something that's blind. Not easily, anyway. <laughs> I suppose you could chat to it if it understood. <laughs> um, Your mother was a... What, what, my, what saving throw is it? Sorry? Oh, uh, sorry. Wisdom. Wisdom. Thank you. Fuck. That is the sound of an annoyed <laughs> DM listeners. Six. Nice. So, yeah, so everyone's got advantage on the next roll, and it takes another five damage. It's blind anyway. It's literally blind and wound up. You guys are really good at like pissing off characters. You're, you're doing you're doing a world you're doing the work of the Lord here. Oh no way! Um, as the Etikat wandering around, target as disadvantage. No, another attack. Wait, wait, wait! The target has disadvantage on all attack rolls against targets other than you until the end of your next turn. Yeah. So we've we've still got advantage on it because of the blindness. Yeah, yeah. But it just means that it has disadvantage on attacks against everyone else. Yeah. Although to be fair, it's blind. Yeah, I think so. it already had disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's blind. It literally. I mean, one one of them's lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. The other one's like waddling around trying to work out which way north is. Um, it was okay. A damage right. That. It's a very adventurous anonymous Christmas. Uh, I've got another attack though, so hang hang all the horses. Uh, <laughs> Go on then. Hang your hang your hang your horses. Hang your horses. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> um, so we're gonna go morning star again. 
So that's 18 plus 4. So that's 22 to hit. Ridiculous. You don't even have to ask me if that hits. Uh, so it's 13 damage. And I will also do a superiority die. What am I going to do? What's, is there any, any point in any of these? Please don't do pushing attack. <laughs> I'm just going to do a sweeping attack, which is probably going to fail. Uh, three damage. Three damage. Thanks. Okay, that's fine. Oh dear. The Etta Cap is looking rough as you've carved out a gouge through its gut. You just see entrails spilling out as it is blind, flailing its arms around that still have vines attached to the end of them as it untangled itself. It's looking sorry for itself as it's just like, as its great big gelatinous form just wobbles around, knocking over pews around it. It is now the Etta Cap's turn. Can the Etta Cap attempt to unblind itself? Um... That is the question. Is there a DC save? It can make a constitution saving throw at the end of each of its turns. So that's constitution 14. Okay. So it currently doesn't know where it is, so it's not going to disengage. It's the, as the end of its turn, it's going to try and make a DC, was it wisdom? Constitution. Constitution, sorry. Save and throw. Yes. 21. Oh, no. (laughs) As it opens its eyes, looks around, looks down at its gut, which is hanging out the front of its bulbous belly, as it lets out a roar um, straight into your face, Hanash, as you feel like flecks of saliva splatter down the front of your face. All right, that's the end of the round. As we're going to... I'm just going to put this in the channel. I'm not sure if anyone's actually particularly moved, but there you go. We might have moved a little bit, or maybe there's been no movement in that round. But um, we're going to quickly pan back to Belsiar at the restaurant as uh, Al Garundi pays the extravagant amount. It nearly comes to, uh, with wine, it comes to about 400 gold pieces as Al Garundi takes a wad of cash out of his sock (laughs) <laughs> and puts it on the table and still leaves a 15% grit. <laughs> Who's walking around literally on that <laughs> he, he looks like he's got an Asbo tag as one of his ankles is like looks like he's got one of those big tags on it as he takes out 400 gold um puts it on the table adds a 15% gratuity on top um he rubs the top of Jeremy's head um as he's <laughs> thank you, sir. It's very kind. As Al Garundi takes your hand, lifts, pulls out your chair and puts your sequined coat back on you. As he's like, Shall we, sir? We shall, I, I offer him my arm. As you offer him an arm, Al Garundi feels a peck as he's like, Ah oh, fuck, what? As Cato makes himself seen for the first time. As Algarundi looks down at his bleeding hand, Cato is like, fuck me if I'm going to let this croco go. He's mine, you bastard. What are your intentions? As Algarundi oh, is like, Kate, well, I didn't Kato, sign up for... Kato, not Cato. I was like, the Cato's got very eloquent. <laughs> He's been reading a dictionary in the kitchen. 
going to say. I was like, Poketo sounds distinctly more like Danny DeVito than that. Yeah, Poketo is, I think he'd be a horn dog. Yeah, yeah. A Kato, which is on your shoulder, is now making eyes at Al Garundi. So Al Garundi is like, oh, you have a familiar. Two familiars. Yes, he is sometimes too familiar. And I, I, I glare at, at Kato. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there, you cad. <laughs> Take me to bed or lose me forever, Belsia. Come on, the night can is give, wearing can I away. Give, um, Kato, uh, how much money do I have? Um, you know, some pocket money. <laughs> You buy off your um, buy not, not a lot. That's why you're in this mess. Buy yourself some shiny. I'll give Kato a, a silver piece, and I'll give Pokato a copper piece, and I'll say, "Go on, kids, go go to the arcade." <laughs> here's, here's a silver piece. Go buy yourself a Star Wars. <laughs> Daddy's go boom boom as um, Pokato comes running out of the kitchen. Um, Pokato's just like smeared in mayonnaise. And slightly burnt and battered. You see where someone's panel beaten the side of Pocato's head with a frying pan as he just comes darting out the kitchen, leaving a trail of mayonnaise behind him as he snatches the silver piece off you. And the crow's like, come on, I don't think either of us want to see what's about to happen next. Jesus Christ. As they skulk their way out the door as... Al Garundi takes your hand, opens the front door of the restaurant as the cold night's air hits you for the first time. As both of you leave the front of the restaurant, staring up at the twinkly stars and the moon above. We're going to cut back to the fight scene now and go for the next round. Who said we can't multitask, listeners? Who said we can't multitask? Okay. (laughs) Okay, what are you doing, Tati? You are at the top of the round. How far away is Barbara from Dryad number three? 40 feet, if she goes round the pews. 40 feet is what I wanted to hear. Uh, So Barbara was blessed, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Barbara is going to run around and dart up. I just need to check one of her abilities. Uh, I don't think she gets a 20-foot straight run at it, so I don't think that... I don't think she gets the extra damage on it. Uh, Beast moves at least 20 feet straight towards a target and then hits it. I don't think that... I don't think that works. No, she's weaving around um, pews. It's cool. She's got advantage. She's got advantage and bless. So um, here's hoping for a natural 20. Uh, that is not a natural 20, um, but she does get an 18 to hit. Hits. Oh, no, wait. Eight, uh, 20 to hit, actually. Um, I all about Still hits. It was all the way in the fucking... Still hits. That's a one. Uh, Barbara does six damage. How does she want to do this? Yes! Uh, so Tati, having left Barbara out of the combat for quite a long time, uh, Tati leans down to Barbara, uh, just gives her like a quick like nudge on like on like the top of her head, and just like quickly like gives her a bit yeah. of a bit of a scritch behind the ears, and says, um, "Time to go, time to go hunting." Um, she 
bares her teeth and goes like, <laughs> goes running between the pews, jumps up and just like gores at this, at this dryad's neck. Um, now it is made of wood and that only makes her it more is. angry than if it was made of flesh. Uh, so she just rips the shit out of, out of its neck completely. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Neck gone. Neck gone. Um, neck gone. As you see her playing with one of the arms, she's chewing on it like a toy. So that was Tati's bonus action to get Barbara to do that. Okay. Um, the etiquette is not, it's not blinded anymore, is it? No. 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 But it is goaded. It is goaded, and it's within five feet of you. Yeah. So I don't get advantage, but I do get sneak attack if I hit. Um, okay. It's also worth noting at this point that Barbara is really enjoying playing with the dryad's arm because it's still fairy fire. She's very much enjoying playing with the stick that twinkles. <laughs> um, yes, go on. Make your attack against the Etacap. Not great. Um, 18 to hit. Why is that not great? Yes, that is more than enough to hit a giant walloping beast. Yep. Yay! 3d6. Uh, Come on. want something above a 3 on any of these d6s would be quite nice. Ooh! Still not great overall. Uh, nine plus, uh, 14 damage. <laughs> How do you want to do this? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes! What a turn. Um... Tati, uh, after sending Barbara off on her way, uh, spins around and uh, lights the end of his uh, arrow on fire in the coals uh, and <laughs> fires it at the uh, at the etiquette. Uh, and I would imagine, just looking at what it looks like, uh, it it. Probably just probably just go straight through its eye or something. That, that makes sense to me. So Robin Hood, Prince of Thieving it. As it hits it in the eye, you hear a scream from the, the etikap. As the scream is muffled out, as deep inside the ocular cavity, the arrow has also nicked um, part of the brainstem as the light goes out on the etikap as it slumps forwards. Hanash, you were about to deal it some kind of blow that probably would have finished it off as it almost, like a drunken lover, falls forward into your arms, Hanash, as you just push off the body onto the floor, feeling slightly hard done by that you didn't get to kill it. I kick it in the belly. Tati, uh, Tati <coughs> looks over Hanash and gives, gives, gives Hanash that very specific wink, like the, the kind of wink that, like, Iron Man and Doctor Strange have in Infinity War. I, I get out the chalk chalkboard I have, uh, like all that a tally of kills, and just like let's look at Tati and just mark one on for him and put it back in my pocket. I get out oh, a separate tally like that says, flirty, that says flirty winks, <laughs> puts, puts another tally on the one that says Hunash and puts it back in my pocket. As we're feeling Maud. Um, as you see, Maud opens the door to the little Burkett room on the side of the little chapel as Marvin comes running back out, skittering, 
you can see that um, the children have plaited Marvin's beard as he's got like beads and seashells and all sorts of shit and glitter in his beard as he comes out happy to see Maud again as Sister Perineus comes to the door and is like, is it safe to come out? Oh, look, another opportunity to clean the chapel. <laughs> Marvellous. I see you have taken care of our uh, visitors. Yeah, come on out. It's uh, it, it seems to be safe now. As all of the children come skittering out and uh, the little um, lactose intolerant child is looking slightly blue and is a bit breathy, um, struggling with all the curds and ways, as the children all gather around um, the dead Atacap and they're all like, cool, as they all pick up bits of like branches off um, the dryads and just poke the corpse of the dead Atacap as air, that's classic thing where air dispels from a corpse and it almost makes a low growl as all the children are like freaked out by the movement and twitching well, of the corpse and still warm as they all run off. Had this experience like, with ah. We've all been there. Yeah, we all, we, all, we all know that. That's super relatable. Yeah. We all deal with corpses on a, on a, on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis. <sighs> Too often. Can I, can I go over and talk to uh, Petunia? Yes. Petunia looks more tired than you are. I think looking after small children is more wearing than fighting animals and beasts. Hmm. True. Um, I think. I think. Did you mention something about having been attacked by dryads before? She did. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tatty's gonna gonna go over and and uh, and say it seems like. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to kind of gesture to the etiquette and say, like, it seems like the maybe the the, the dryads or the group controlling the dryads is maybe stepping up their campaign against you. I don't know if you've seen these two kinds of creatures working together before. Um, I know the dryads are um, from the Fey realm or the Fey wild. I don't know about these things and I gesture to the etiquette again and say I confess I've never I've never seen one before yes they are also from the fey world these are all minions of the dryads it appears that these emmentiles are bringing a lot of heat upon yourselves and upon me perhaps it is best if you move along and take some of the attraction away from us here Maybe look for the next Emmental. I was going to say the same thing. I was also going to suggest if there's any way that you could either fortify this place against further attack uh, or, I don't know, potentially go into hiding for a little while until the until the Emmentals have been found. Um, I, you know, I certainly don't want to hear that you've been attacked while we're away. Um, especially if, and I kind of gesture to the kids that are around, especially if these guys are all here as well. Not the younglings. <laughs> and she looks over at the children. She's like, yes, maybe that's not a bad idea. I have owed myself a holiday for a very long time. Perhaps this will be a good time to load up onto a wagon and drive down the coast, you know. Roll down the windows and check out the view. Feel the summer breeze in your hair. I am long overdue a break. That is a good idea. Yes. That sounds like a good idea. 
I think after I finished clearing up here, shut up shop and let some of the locals know that we will not be around, maybe we'll take a break. But I tell you what, I will leave note with the busty barnacle to tell you where I am if you need me. We will operate. Um, I know a civet cloaca. I just slip a recipe for a, a Mai Tai, just for travels. <laughs> she leans on you for a bit. She's like, I like you. <laughs> You're very funny. She's like, look at you, not using your blunderbuss. You are showing self-restraint. No one was in, within range, but yes, self-restraint. <laughs> I was about to say, Hannah, she's like, who took my blunderbuss? <laughs> One of the kids runs out and is firing it into the crowd. <laughs> Fire! Sister Perineus says, I tell you what, maybe take a moment just to compose yourselves. Take anything you want from here. I will see if I can get you some inventory, etc. Take some of the food if you want. It is still good. The croissants are very, very Moorish. Fuck me. That is why I have a belly. Those croissants. Uh, take yourself a wheel of cheese, but in the meantime, yes, I think it is time we all move on from this place. And at that point, we're going to quickly pan back to Aristobulus. Aristobulus. Aristobulus? We're gonna, at that point, we're going to quickly pan back to Belsia as... You've walked your way through the moonlit, twinkly night streets of the city. Moonlight with the stars and you. Walking past various um, street bars, you see tables outside with like, patrons still sipping away at wine, chatting away. It's a beautiful kind of year where it's warm enough to um, still wander around at night without getting too nippy. As you weave and wind through the back streets, of the city, as finally you come to a padlocked gate as Al Garundi reaches into his pocket and pulls out a key and does a padlock and ushers you into a small walled garden. As he does the gate up behind him, you look around and you just see you are in the midst of a beautiful flower garden with wild herbs growing across one corner of it and an arch of roses and a beautiful sundial in the middle, as Al Garundi says, Well, are you still up for this? Thank you for considering my consent. That's very uh, kind of you, Al. And uh, yes, yes I am, Al. I'm, I'm ready for wherever the night takes us. As he opens the back door to his apartment, he has a set of glass bay windows as he slides them holding both of your hands he pulls you into the conservatory at the back as we leave you as the glass doors of the french window shut (laughs) and we just hear a stifled moan coming from the other side and that's where we're going to leave this week's episode the sound of cloaca against cloaca (laughs) 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 jesus age christ listeners that was quite something well awkward romance there's nothing quite like it is it there there was a lot about that but it, it ended well right Well, listeners, that's about all we can hope to achieve for this week. If you want to find out what the hell happens, the um, mysterious incident of the crocodile in the night, you will have to tune in next week. But 
a gentleman never tells. So it'll be up it'll be up to Belsiar whether he wants to share with you what happens here. Or maybe we'll run a one-shot. R-rated. Maybe we'll have some sort of hideous basic instinct one-shot. R-rated cloaca on cloaca action. A nice three-minute one-shot of, uh, of Belsiar. Yeah, three minutes. Jesus H. Christ. That is a hideous yeah, I thought. Yeah, I, I think I enjoy it, like AJ just like full on playing the character and maybe like Chris narrating. <laughs> yeah, I'll ignore it. Like a boon novel. I know. And then they did butt stuff. <laughs> they rubbed their butts together. That's, that's what butt stuff is, oh, right? Oh, God. Yeah, that's what butt stuff is. Yeah. Oh, Using mayonnaise as lube. Yeah. Yes. Rubbing butts oh, together. Dear God. Me well, that's the thing that happened. All right, that's all we can hope to achieve. I'm I'm going to go, listeners, and take a cold shower in a minute. But before we let you go, I just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollop of X-rated, fun-packed fantasy fucknuggetry. Seeing as you've made it this far, assuming you've made it this far through the filth, then why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode of this degenerate shit ever again. But yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? Whatever your kink is, we would love a five-star review so have at it and all of your reviews and recommendations really do mean the world to us so thank you very much if you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard over the course of this episode you can find us all over the social medias we are on facebook we are on mastodon we're on instagram and i believe your best challenge to us on twitter which is at adventurers ano number one we're probably on OnlyFans and many vids and we're probably on Jesus Christ knows where else. Yeah, we make custom uh, cloaca content. CCC. Three Cs. <laughs> right. That just leaves time to say a massive goodbye from all of us. It is a goodbye from Mr. Chris Rag, the bringer of fucking death to all things that get within range of his morning star. Chaos Ruins. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed messages, guys. A big goodbye from Mr. Chris Neal, the most dangerous man with a fucking bow and arrow ever. How are you doing? Goodbye, my precious blueberries. There we go. And it is goodbye from the crocodilian Casanova himself, Mr. Matt Durant. I would also like to express my fondness for those particular blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> The voice that you're going to do—is that the voice you're going to say for the one shot? Are you going to do Nixon voice in bed? Because I'm thoroughly there for that. Al Grundy likes that old U.S. presidents. Yuck. Right, listeners, we are all off to take a cold shower separately. <laughs> that is right. With any luck, we'll see you back here next week. Happy and adventurous, my friends. That's not a line. Happy adventure, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tipsy. <laughs> Stay tipsy. Sounds like someone's got a bit too tipsy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I'm never going to get the image of cloaca on cloaca out of my fucking mind. Just, just imagine the sound. Good night, listeners. We'll see you next week.